is a God that loves us. He is a God that, you know, we, we've seen him move in the past. We're going to we see him moving now. We'll see him moving in the future. We don't have to be concerned and, and think that he's not going to be there with us. He's with us there through every situation, through every trial, through everything that happens. And he continues to do it and continues to do it and continues to do it. right now in Jesus name we and all of this was appropriated to us because of the sacrifice that Jesus made on the cross made of his body and his blood and this morning as we honor that by taking these elements and by offering to Jesus our praise, our thanks, our love. Lord Jesus, when you met with those disciples, that's what's called that Last Supper. You spoke to them and you told them, you know, I, this, basically this was the beginning of something that would go down through the ages. It's the beginning of honoring the sacrifice that Jesus made for us. He allowed his body to be broken. He allowed his body to be beaten beyond recognition. He took on everything for us. He took on the, 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 the sin, the temptations. He took on every bodily thing, every disease, everything that ever happened. He felt that in his body. And yet he didn't stop. Even when it seemed dim, even when his, his flesh was weak and his flesh wanted to go, I, I don't want to do this. But then he was willing to let his spirit man rise up and say, but Lord, let your will be done in me. Because he came for a purpose. And his purpose was to sacrifice himself physically and in every way so that we might know him and we might be able to walk his power the rest of our lives so lord jesus we do this this morning in remembrance in thanksgiving for what you did for us your body broken for us from the, that we might be set free that all the things that come against us all the temptations we'll be able to combat and come against in jesus name so thank you lord jesus we do this this morning in remembrance of that hallelujah thank you lord jesus Jesus we thank you for your precious blood that was shed on the cross and that ran down that cross and then it was taken to heaven and spilt on the altar of God for that ultimate perfect sacrifice that forever took away our sins our past sins our present sins and our future sins all that was given for us your blood shed for us and we thank you for that this morning Lord. we do as you said we take this this morning as a representation of that blood and we do this to remember that and we give you all the praise and the glory and the honor in jesus name thank you lord hallelujah thank you father god thank you lord jesus father as we stand here this morning in your presence and as we stand here under the anointing that is in this place, 
I just want to take a moment to lift up all our soldiers and the ones that have just sacrificed their lives that we would have freedom we pray for those families today we pray for their friends and the, for their fellow soldiers and Lord, we just lift that up to you this morning and Lord we just thank you Lord Jesus for their sacrifice and I pray God that you would touch their families Lord and give them peace father in Jesus name everybody said amen hallelujah you may be seated praise the Lord thank you father God you know I, I, I just thank God for all that he's doing and has done and um, you know things are kind of crazy in the world today but you know the word tells us that things will get crazy we're going to talk a little bit about, we're going to talk this morning about the perfect law of liberty and what that is and what that means for us. And you know, we can never, ever give up on Christ. We can never give up on God or his word. We need to know that his word is true every day, all the time. No matter what happens, his word's true. Amen. No matter what happens. You know, um, well, I want to read James, first chapter of James, verses 22 through 25. I'm going to read it in the New King, King James Version, and then I'm going to read it in the New Living Translation. I just want to do this as a start this morning. It says, but be doers of the word and not hearers only, deceiving yourselves. For if anyone is a hearer of the word and not a doer, he's like a man observing his natural face in a mirror, and for he observes himself goes away and immediately forgets what kind of man he was. But he who looks into the perfect law of liberty and continues in it is not a forgetful hearer, but a doer of the work. This one will be blessed in what he does. And then, in, I'm sorry, I said new living, but it's in the Passion. In the Passion translation, it says, don't just listen to the word of truth and not respond to it. In other words, just don't just hear it. For that is the essence of self-deception. So always let his word become like poetry written and fulfilled by your life. If you listen to the word and don't live out the message you hear, you become like the person who looks in the mirror of the word to discover the reflection of his face in the beginning. You perceive how God sees you in the mirror of the word, but then you go out and forget your divine origin. But those who set their gaze deeply into the perfecting law of liberty are fascinated by and respond to the truth they hear and are strengthened by it. They experience God's blessing in all they do. So knowing who you are in Christ, looking in this mirror, what is, it, it, it's the beginning of, of our walk with Christ. Looking into this mirror saying, in other words, what he's saying here, I believe is that we look into that mirror we see who we are in Christ and we say, okay, that's great. Praise the Lord. Now I'm, now I'm walking in Christ. But then we walk away from that, forgetting what we look like, forgetting what we saw originally. As we, sometimes as we grow, if we don't stay in the word and we don't keep it, as he said, and we don't be a doer, we don't put it to practice, we don't put it in our lives, then we walk away and we forget what we got. I hope you can understand this this morning. We forget what we got. We don't need to do that. 
We don't need to let any obstacle or anything that comes against us cause us to forget. Don't allow it to cause you to forget what you received. Forget who you saw yourself as. You know, when I first accepted Christ, I couldn't believe who I became. I looked, in a sense, I looked in that mirror and I thought, wow. You know, and for a while, I just kept looking in that mirror and I kept thinking, God, hallelujah. What a change. What a change. But you know what? Sometimes we begin to like figure that out and we kind of like, if we don't stay in it, we walk away from that. And then th something happens and we forget what Christ did for us. We forget who we are. So knowing is the beginning. Knowing is the beginning. You know what? And there are many spiritual laws given to us in the word. Amen? There's lots of spiritual laws. There are laws that are given to us in the word. And you know, you might say, well, I don't even know what a spiritual law is. Well, you need to find out. There are, there, there, there's all kind of laws. You know, uh, um, in, in God's word, it's full of spiritual laws. Things that, that, that um, are not just good words. They're not just things that say, but they're, law, they're spiritual laws. They're things that are put into effect. And they can be put into effect in your life. You know, we, 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 we're taught from an early age, I hope, to obey laws, right? And they're, they're, they're physical laws. They're laws that are laws of the land, right? If you speed, you can get a ticket. If you do this, you can get in trouble. So And we're not on, it's not, these, it says the law of liberty, and we'll talk about that in a moment, but this law, this spiritual, that only, that don't only define boundaries, like stay within this, but they also define the limitless of God's grace. You know, when I say limitless, I mean God's grace follows you everywhere you go. God's grace is with you all the time. God's grace is around you no matter what's going on, right? Amen? God's grace is there. And see, when we get to that point in our lives, we can figure something out. Now, I want to say about absolutes. Before I go any further, um, uh, the, the Greek for absolutes there is free from imperfection or free from mixture. Actually, that's out of the, the website. I said Greek, but it's so it's free from imperfection and free from mixture. You say, what does it mean free from mixture? Well, those laws can't mix together. God's laws of grace or God's spiritual laws or spiritual laws, they don't mix with the natural law, with the laws of the land and the natural law. In other words, there's no mixing of that. There's no mix. It's, it's the spiritual laws are absolute. They're perfect. The perfect law of liberty. It's perfect. It's absolute. It is what it is. God's grace is God's grace. And it follows us all our lives. When we accept Christ, we come under that grace. You know, grace was first given 
in the garden to Adam and Eve. God pulled them out of the garden so that they wouldn't eat of the tree of life and be, have to live under that death sentence forever. We all would have been under that. But he pulled them out because of his grace. And for years, the children of Israel lived in that grace. I didn't know I was going to talk this much about grace this morning, but maybe we need to hear it. But for years, that the children of Israel walked in grace. Did you know that? When they were in Pharaoh's rule, they walked in grace. And when they left that place, they were in grace. And when, did you know, a lot of people say, well, they, if you ever watch that movie, it shows these people crippled. The Bible says they left there. None of them were sick. None of them were crippled. They all had their clothes. They had everything. And they went out and every time God showed his grace. When they got to the uh, the Red Sea, he showed his grace. They were all looking, even though they complained, even though they were like, okay, God, here you done brought us out here and here comes Pharaoh's army. He's going to wipe us out because we can't get across this thing. But his grace opened up the sea. His grace, Moses knew about his grace because Moses was willing to act and his grace opened up the Red Sea and they marched over on dry land and then their enemy was destroyed. And every place they went, they were under that grace. And when they needed food, he gave them food. He gave them so much manna, they didn't want it anymore. Then he gave them quail, and they didn't want that. They complained, 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 complained. And they finally came to a place in their life where they said, look, we think we can do this, God, so give us some laws. I don't know who needs to hear this about grace this morning, but <laughs> he said, give us some laws. We want some laws. We, if you give us the laws, we can live by them and we can make. So God said, okay. I'll do that. But there are consequences to those laws. And what happened? Immediately, 3,000 people were swallowed up by the earth. The switch to that was that when Jesus rose from the dead, Peter spoke and 3,000 were saved. There's a difference because that, at that point, that grace came back into the earth. See, the laws were here. Wow. The law was put in place to realize, make us realize we're sinners and make us realize we can't do it. They thought they could do it, but they can't keep all the laws. And then all the laws were added to it and added to it. And what well, it became over five or 600 laws that they had to go by. Who can do that? But Jesus came on the scene. See, they thought they could do it. They thought that's what they wanted, but they needed grace. They needed to stay in that grace covenant and they didn't. So when Jesus came back, he put that grace covenant back into place, but he also gave us a way to walk it. And that was through the blood of Jesus. Hallelujah. That ought to make you excited and happy. Jesus, his grace. And I'm not talking about sloppy grace. I'm talking about grace that, it, it, that um, empowers us to live the life we're supposed to live. So these, these spiritual laws, they're free from imperfection and they're free from mixture. They don't mix with the worldly laws. They don't mix with that. And because of that, we can be partakers of his divine grace. Because of these spiritual laws, because of this law of liberty 
this law that sets us free And when I mean free, I mean free to do what God has called you to do. Free to be what God has called you to be. Not free to do whatever you want to do. I believe that when you accept Christ and you make a commitment and you begin to see his word and get in his word, you're not going to want to do certain things. That's not going to be a part of who you are. That's not going to be a part of what you want to do. Not that you might not do some things, but I'm telling you, you immediately repent because you're like, man, and it's because his love and his grace. So in the in the in these spiritual laws on one side, spiritual law there's joy, right? The natural laws there's despair. So there's that different there's joy versus despair. I want to walk in what? Joy. I want to walk in what Christ has for me. I want to walk in that that side. Amen. And then there's light and there's darkness. Under the spiritual laws of God, under the grace of God, there's light that illuminates. It illuminates our pathway. It illuminates our way. It illuminates things that are happening that we know how to approach them. We know how to walk through them. We know how to go over them. And then there's the darkness side. In that law, there's that darkness. In that opposite of who Christ is, there's that darkness. And then there's life and death. In that grace, in that spiritual law of God, guess what? There is life. And I don't just mean life eternally. You know, one day we'll have life. We have life right now. We have to start living it. That's that life of Christ that lives inside of us. See, there, there's an old song that said, grace, grace, God's grace, grace is greater than all my sin. That means all the ones you've done and all the ones you will do. <laughs> right? He's greater than all that. His, the, the, the blood of Jesus is greater than all that. He can help you overcome and accomplish that what? See, one of the things that we need to grasp from this mingle, no mingling of these laws, there's natural laws and spiritual laws, there's things of the flesh and there's things of the spirit, is that we realize where evil comes from and it's not from God. Evil comes from the enemy. Evil comes from this broken world. Evil comes from uh, an, an unrenewed life. That's where the evil comes from. But yeah, these things are going to happen. Yeah, these things are going, there will be things that are going to happen, but they're happening because this world is broken. The enemy is broken. God's not trying to hurt you or harm you or kill you, destroy the earth. But when he predicted that things are going to happen, yeah, they're going to happen because this world is going the way that it is. And there are those of us who will walk in the spirit. There are those of us who will understand God's word. And we know that, you know, life and death cannot coexist. <laughs> right? There's two different things. Like there's life, there's death. But see, we as Christians experience life 
now and forevermore. When, when, when we... When this body expires or when Jesus comes back, whichever comes first in my life and your life, whenever this happens, guess what? I'm going to live with him forever. And it's true that those that don't know him are going to hell. Oh, you're not supposed to say that. Yes, you are. It's true. It's truth. It's what God's word says. There's a heaven and there's a hell. And you must accept Christ. I just have to inject this. I was thinking of this this morning as I was looking over my notes. See, and I was thinking about how this world works and how we do what we do. And and this is one of the things that I thought about. You know, everybody says we have to be relevant, right? And there's truth in that. But we don't have to be relevant to the point that it pulls us away from what the word says and what the gospel says. We can be too much relevant. Well, we don't want to hurt anybody's feelings, so let's don't mention hell. Let's don't mention this. Do you like the way I said hell? It sounds good in Southern. But what I'm saying is... There are truths in God's word that are true. And some of them are not. These things that happen. Are things that will happen because we live in a lost dying world. So we can't be relevant to the point that we change what we believe. Because, you know, yeah, you can fill up buildings and buildings and buildings up just because you're being relevant. But if you're not teaching the word, then all you're doing is making people feel good. It's okay. (laughs) People probably want to reach through that camera and grab me or something. But the truth is the truth. Amen. And God's word is true. There was to be an old saying that said, never the twain shall meet. Life and death, they won't meet. And there's one thing about God, he cannot and he will not break his own laws. He's bound to his promise. He's bound to his covenant. And he will not break the laws for anybody. He won't bend it for anybody. You know how you go to, to a certain, you, maybe you got a job and you feel like they broke, they kind of bent the law for so-and-so and for so-and-so. He doesn't bend it for anybody. It is what it is. He says, here it is. You choose. You choose. So the, God loves us, so he cannot break that law. So we can't blame God for everything that's going on in the world. And I know some of us were raised that way to believe that, that, you know, and I've said this before, that God's sitting on the throne. And if you do something wrong, I used to think he had a lightning gun or something. Because if anybody was going to get struck dead, it would have been me. (laughs) 
God's not the author of evil. But there are consequences of breaking the laws. You thought he was going to make you feel good this morning, didn't you? It ought to. Knowing. So when you look into that mirror, what he's saying is when you look into that mirror, that perfect law of liberty. When you look into that, never forget it. But you must follow through with what you've received. When you receive, receive Christ, you receive, receive that grace. You received his word. You have to follow through with that. And that means you got to carry it on every day the rest of your lives. You just don't get a glimpse of that and say, okay, I'm going with my life, but I'll, I'll try to remember that. You'll forget it. If you don't stick with it and stay in it, it's just like anything that you do, any job that you have. If you don't continue and stay with it and stick with it, you can forget what to do. I'll tell you a little example. I know I do a lot of electrical examples, but, and I know some of you already, I know somebody's probably watching and they're going to go, oh. We have a, a, um, you know, we have this commercial oven in here, stove. And we put it in, we got a great deal on it. And we have the, it has a griddle, a flat top griddle, you know, in it, just like most commercial things do. Well, only half of it works right. So, I figured it out it's the switch and the little thing. So I had to find one, but I had to take it out to get the numbers off of it because that stove is so old that they can't even find the model numbers in most places. So I pulled it out, look at it. I, I did it. Well, it's, and some of you might understand this, and it, it's a three phase unit. So it has three sources coming into it. Just say it's not 110 on that, but just say it's three, one, 310 is coming in, okay? Instead of, your house has two, and you use mostly just one of them. So it's coming in it, and it's got breakers that you flip things. So I flipped the breaker, and I put my little tester on it, and I'm like, okay, the power's off that wire. But thank God that I hadn't done this in a long time, but I almost messed up. But I happened to think, well, let me check. Let me make sure. Well, guess what? Being at three phase, it has more than one power source coming to it. So when I hit the other wire, it was still hot. So if I'd have grabbed hold of that, I'd have probably screamed and somebody would have come to my rescue. But, but I did figure it, but I did remember. So I had to, you have to follow through with what you received. I believe God prompted me to do that. <laughs> you have to follow through. See, you, when you first accept Christ and when you first look into that mirror, you receive a revelation knowledge of who God is. And you receive a revelation knowledge of when you look into that mirror of who God has made you. He made you from this to that. I, I know people that accept Christ that, that when you see them, you think, what happened to them? Because their whole countenance is different. And I believe if you have a true experience with Christ, that's what happens. It changes who you are. But see, the first hearer, the hearer of the word, he does act, he hears that, he gets that revelation, but he does not act on what he's seen and what he's heard and what he has. He doesn't continue, he doesn't act on it. In other words, he doesn't carry it out. You know that, that we have a responsibility to carry out. Uh -huh. 
See, in this, he says that those who do that will be blessed. So the, whoever, when you follow that, you will be what? Blessed. You will be under God's blessing. You will be under God's love and engulfed in that blessing of his. You know what part of what you receive your reward for being obedient to the word and that is to walk in that blessing. Um, what that means you say, well, what does blessing mean? Well, blessing means blessed. And blessing also means, I believe, that when you're walking in that blessing, in other words, no matter what you're going through, you have that peace inside of you. That's a blessing from God, amen? There are other kind of blessings, and yes, they are. But I'm just saying that blessing is, is a walk. That blessing is a uh, um Spiritual law inside of you. That blessing is something that takes you through every situation. Don't you think you're blessed when you can go through some trial and come out and you're still full of joy and full of peace and you still believe in God and you're still walking through it? You can, you can do that. That's a blessing. So the things you have to do in order to walk through is you got to feed your beliefs and starve your doubts. So when you start getting doubts, don't start dwelling on them. Well, you know, what if that happens? And what if this? No, start believing on what God has said, right? On your beliefs in God, on your beliefs of the word. Be begin to be aware of who you are in Christ. Realize who you are in Christ and begin to walk in that. See, um, why, why you do that is you... Not only hear God's word, but you meditate on God's word. Day and night. And Joshua says, if you want to be successful, meditate on him day and night. That means give him more time than you do everything else. Lord, if, people, if some, if we, and we all can be guilty of this, but if we gave the Lord and his word as much time as we give social media, Man, we'd be spiritual giants. He said, what do you mean? I mean, everywhere you look, I, and, and you know, and it's, we're all guilty of that. My family's guilty of that. We're sitting there all in the same room. Don't hang your head. You can be sitting there in the same room. Everybody's on their thing. They're reading their stuff and looking their stuff and doing their stuff. There's not a lot of interaction. That's why sometimes we can't minister to people. We can't talk to people. We can't help people because we don't know how to interact with each other. Let me send them a text. I don't like, I text some, but I'm not, I would eat rather pick up the phone, call you and talk to you on your voice or see you in person than a text. And I know sometimes you have to text and sometimes, it, and it works, but it's much better if there's a real connection. You understand what I'm saying? So you have to continue to, to walk in what you've looked at. That mirror, 
that what you became in Christ, you have to continue to walk in that. And see, I think you need to remember that reflection. You need to keep that in your mind. You need to keep looking at it. And you said, that's who I am in Christ. Things are going tough, but that's who I am in Christ. I looked in that mirror and that's what I saw. And I got revelation knowledge and I'm going to continue to get revelation knowledge of who I am in Christ. See, I believe if we keep our eyes and our hearts on him, we, even when we go through the worst things that we might could ever think we could go through in our life, God gives us that grace to keep rolling. He gives us that grace to, to go through it. To, and we believe that he'll do it again. And it, the battle belongs to him. Amen? You know, see, the enemy can't stand it. Well, he can't touch that. I don't think Kevin or... Or Robert did it. I'm gonna lead this off, I guess. Uh, if I sling this microphone, if I sling this microphone, you know, just um, so we need to keep continue in the knowledge that God has revealed to us, and let's grow on that, and let's get stronger and stronger, and not forget what you've been given. Not forget that grace you've been given. Not forget the the sacrifice that Jesus made. That's one of the reasons, as we said, we do communion. And you know what you have, being a doer of the word, what he's saying to that, you got to do something with what you've been given. You know, you could give me a, a brand new lawnmower or brand, brand new whatever, and I could just let it sit in the garage and go, man, that's a beautiful thing. Right? And not ever put it to use, and guess what would happen? My grass would get worse and worse and worse, and I'd just be sitting there looking at that beautiful thing. But I'm not putting it to use. I'm not doing something with it. And you know what? There are no flaws in God's law. Do you know that? There are laws that are out there that are full of flaws. You say, well, it didn't work. For, you know where the flaw comes in? At? You know where the flaw in that is? It's in your lack of understanding what God's word says. It's in your lack of understanding the word. And how to appropriate his promises. The word's full of how do you do this. This is my promise. This is how you do it. The word is full of that. You know what a lack of knowledge would do? It'll lead to confusion. When things are happening, you don't understand what's going on at the time. It'll, it'll lead to frustration. And that works in the natural just like it does in that spiritual, right? If you have a lack of knowledge and you're trying to do something or fix something, it can be frustrating, right? I wish I knew how to fix this. I wish I could fix this. But it doesn't have to be that way. It doesn't have to be that way in God's law. It doesn't have to be that way, right? We just have to walk in what God's freely given us and we can find it in his word. 
Every situation you might go through, we can find it in his word. That's why we must put God's word first place in our life. It has to be numero uno. It has to be first, 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 first. Not second, third, fourth. Well, I'll get around to it when I can. Well, you know, all my life I look for that round to it. Somebody gave me one one time. I said that and they just handed me this wooden thing that had round to it on it. And I was like, okay. Kind of woke me up. So put God's word first and don't give up. Keep on keeping on. No matter what happens, keep on keeping on and don't give up. Don't give up on the promises of God. Don't give up on on what God has called you to do. Do you know how many times that we can go through life and it doesn't look like what God has told you is going to happen? But don't stop. Don't ever stop. You know, as we were saying, Darren said, well, you know what? We win. No matter what happens, we win with him, right? He's won it, and we just join him in the victory. So don't ever give up. Keep keeping on. Keep walking that walk. Keep talking that talk. Keep going towards him, and we'll experience those times of peace. And as we said uh, again, blessed. We are blessed. See, what James is saying in this first part, there's consequences. If we continue in this, he says we'll be blessed, right? But on the other part of it, if we don't continue in it, what's the opposite of blessing? A curse. You won't be blessed. There's an opposite of being blessed. So we can't give up. We need to walk in God's blessing. James 1.22 in the New American Standard says, But prove yourselves doers of the word and not merely hearers who delude themselves, who deceive themselves, as some says. In other words, you only hear and you deceive yourself. You hear it, it sounds good, right? But you just want it to come to pass. You don't want to do anything to help it to come to pass. You don't want to do what you have to do. You don't want to get in the word and see what God's word says. You don't want to carry it out. But you have to do more than hear. If you only hear it and not put it and make it a part of who you are. See, that's where you can respond to anything according to the word. Because it's in you. That's the way you respond instead of, oh me, so praise God. I'm going to see the other side of this. And you're not praising God for what's happening or the circumstances. You're praising him in it and through it. Like in everything, give thanks for this is the will of God. Not for everything, but in everything. Even though this is going on, I still thank God. I still praise him. So we talk about the law of liberty. In the Greek context, liberty means a loosening or a relaxation. What? And what that is, what that means, if you study in the carrying out through the whole New Testament, the carrying out of this 
is the thought of relief from tribulation and persecution. In other words, when persecution and tribulation and all of these come through, there's a, a relaxation. There's a loosening. There is a, um, this is a thought of relief. It's uh, in, in the um, Old Testament, there was a, um, they called it the year of Jubilee. And what happened in it, there was, there was a relief from plowing and tilling and planting and all that kind of, there was just a big harvest. So when we realize this, when we realize the liberty that Christ has given us, then guess what? We walk in this. There is a loosening. There's a relaxation in the midst of it all. Don't you want to be relaxed in the midst of it all? Instead of... So as a liberty means, the perfect law of liberty is a perfect law of being able to live in the freedom Christ has given us and to be relaxed in whatever's going on and to be at peace. So what you need to do is you need to begin to see yourself in the perfect law of liberty. This liberty, this freedom that we have was purchased with a great price. And that was with the sacrifice and the blood of Jesus Christ. And that's the highest price that could ever be paid. Nothing, nothing would have satisfied that but the shedding of his blood. Nothing could ever even come close to that. And there's nothing that you can do to add to that. There's nothing that you can do to come to that place. Even though there are many um, religious, if I can say that, people that would tell you different. Well, you got to do this, you got to do this, and you got to do it. When I was coming up, when I first got saved, you got to cut your hair a certain way. You got to dress a certain way. I mean, it was just one thing after the other after the other. And you know what? It became overload. I can't do all that. You know, people were criticized if the hair, they didn't have what we call white walls over the ears. No facial hair. I've told you this before, but I had a little old lady that one of my friends, it was his um, grandmother and he lived with her and I would go in there and I had a beard and she would be like, oh Lord, just pray he gets that sin off his face. I'm serious. And I'll be like, oh man, I, said, I, said, I would tell my friend, I said, is, is, can I just come, do I need to come back? He says, okay, it's okay. So one day I had to shave it for the, to um, pass a fire department test. Being, to be a fireman and um, I had shaved because you had to shave your beard. I walked in the door, she started shouting. Hallelujah! He got that sin off his face. And I mean, it was just like, I'm like, oh man. Because see, when those things happen, all it does is heap condemnation and guilt on you. <laughs> That's not what sets us free. It's knowing who Jesus is who relieves us from that, who keeps us from that. And you're not bound to doing everything that somebody said to do in order for you to be saved. All you got to do is accept, accept Jesus. Can I say this and mean it? 
<laughs> Don't just say a few words because it sounds good or because somebody coaxed you into saying it. I want to read this out of Romans, the third chapter in the 20th through 24th verse. It says, for no one can ever be made right with God by doing what the law commands. The law simply shows us how sinful we are. But now God has shown us a way to be made right with him without keeping the requirements of the law. As was promised in the writings of Moses and the prophets long ago, we are made right with God by placing our faith in Christ Jesus or in Jesus Christ. And this is true for everyone who believes. How many that believe? Everyone who believes. No matter who you are, no matter what you've done. This next step. For everyone has sinned. You know what that sin is? not what you've done. It's the sin of not accepting Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior. That is the only unpardonable sin. That is the only sin that can't be forgiven. Did you know that? We all fall short of God's glorious standards. In ourselves, we can never do enough. We, we, we can do all we want to do. We can dress up. We can change the way we look. We can do this and do that and not do this and not do that. And it's not, if that's the way you try to get to Jesus, if that's the way you're looking for your salvation, you'll never find it. But when Jesus comes in, guess what? He changes all that. He makes us what we need to be, right? Can't go further with that this morning. Yet God in his grace freely makes us right in his sight. He did this through Christ Jesus when he freed us from the penalty of our sins. The only thing you can do in order to be saved is to receive what has already been freely given. That's the only requirement to receive what Jesus freely gave us. That's the simplicity of God's gospel. Is Jesus paid it all. Jesus paid it all. Jesus paid it all. Jesus paid it all. Jesus took all that on himself. We have to receive what's been freely given. You know, when you're in Christ, you're complete in him and you're complete in God. Our problem is we don't see ourselves that way. We've been taught what lowly sinners we are. So justification only comes through faith in Christ Jesus. It's the only thing that can do it. Faith in him. That's the only justification. You can't do anything. Anything. You know, when I tr used to try to do this and do this and do it by the book and do it by the book, I would mess up every time. And I would be so frustrated. I tried that for years after I was saved. Tried that for a long time. I would be so frustrated at myself. I would be so confused. Well, why can't I do this? But when I learned to release that and let Jesus be who he needs to me, I started seeing myself walking in the way that I was supposed to walk. And that's the only way we can do it.
See, the law, according to this, the word, it, the law only brings the knowledge of sin. <laughs> it would be impossible to fulfill the law, but thank God for Jesus. Amen. All we have to do is, is receive his justification, look in that mirror, see who he is, and begin to walk in it. We begin to walk in it. We see Christ begin to do things in our lives. You know what? The worst thing is to receive something and never get the benefit of it. Somebody gives you something that is awesome and great, just like I said. Uh, say somebody gives you a new car and you just let it sit and think that's a beautiful thing. But you never get in it and drive it. You never use it. You never put it to use. Guess what? You'll never feel the release from what it is. So you don't just need to accept Christ and, you know, look in that mirror and say, okay, I'm accepted Christ. And then you live your life and things don't go and you're mad all the time. You're frustrated. But when you begin to see who you are in Christ and you begin to walk in it. You begin to study his word and see what he says. You can see those things. You can be who he's called you to be. So in that, that your mind must be renewed to God's word. You must learn the freedom that is in Christ Jesus and the power that it gives you to walk according to him and according to his word. See, I, if you accept Christ, there are things that you just don't want to do. And when you study his word and you know what his word says about certain, there are things you, you might mess up every once in a while. And you might, have, you know, begin to walk in the natural, but you just come right back to him and say, Jesus, I'm sorry. Jesus, I repent. I'm going to turn around, and walk the other way and watch him start working in your life. And those things will eventually start dropping off. The things that you were bound to. See, when we accept Christ, this is um, uh, this is I'm going to start closing it out. And second Corinthians 517 in the King James says, therefore, if any man be in Christ, he is what? A new creature. All things are passed away. Behold, all things become new. In the New Living, it says this means that anyone who belongs to Christ has become a new person. The old life is gone and a new life has begun. What I was, I ain't no more. <laughs> right? What I was, I ain't no more. And guess what? The new creature is what God sees, not the old creature. Because of the blood of Jesus Christ, when God looks at you, he sees Jesus. He sees the shed blood. He sees the repentance. He sees that new man that you are. He doesn't even remember that old man. The Bible says it's the, your, your sins are cast, forget, forgotten, and far as the east is from the west, and so we're no longer that old sinner. We're a brand new creation in Christ. But you know what? You may slip in sin, but it does not negate what Christ did in your life. Well, and I know people that, tell, you know, you sin and they were like, well, you've done. God doesn't love you anymore. I've been told that in the past. Well, God don't love you anymore, so might as well just give up. And that's why people give up. But you know what? We have got to learn how to let the, the new inner man, the spirit man, dominate this outer man in this flesh and in, in our mind. So I want to tell you this morning, 
don't get discouraged. Begin to see yourself and walk as who you are in Christ. See who you are in Christ and begin to walk that way. There's nothing wrong with walking around. You know what? I am who Christ has made me. I am who Jesus has made me. I walk in him, a new man, a new creature. And that old past stuff is gone. But I knew you when, well, that's, that's not me anymore. That was the old me. So what do we need to do? We need to continue to see ourselves in the perfect law of liberty. You know, get, don't forget what Christ did for you when you, you look in that mirror. But remember what he did for you and what he's continuing to do for you. He's continually lifting us up. He's continually making a way and making a path. He's continually doing that. Amen? Amen? I hope that this has given you a better understanding of what the perfect law of liberty is. It's God's law. It's God's peace. It's God's love. It's us becoming a new creature in Christ Jesus. Us walking in what he's given us. And when we do that, we will begin to see God work miracles and victory in our lives. Amen. You know, I'll say something about miracles. I don't want you to feel like, well, miracle. But I want to say this. We ought to be walking in Christ in such a way that he doesn't have to do a whole bunch of miracles in our life. I'll explain that later. Really? But that's true. If we walk in who he is, we don't have to constantly wait for a miracle. We can speak to the situation when we learn how to do that. Everybody's always praying for a miracle. Let's start learning how to walk in what God, Christ has given us. Amen? Hallelujah. Let's stand this morning. I'm going to um, pray. I'll pray for you guys out there online and then God's going to do some awesome things. Father, in Jesus' name, we thank you, Lord, that we can walk in the perfect law of liberty. That we can realize who we are in Christ. That we look and we see who we are and who we're going to be and what you're going to do in our lives. So, Father, I lift up every person within the sound of my voice this morning. You know, I want to say this. There may be those of you who are out here, or maybe even in this room, I'm pretty sure there are people that are listening that need to know who Jesus is and hopefully they've heard that this morning and if you don't you say oh, I want that I want to be in that then you pray this prayer with me Lord Jesus forgive me of my sins make me that new creature in you I repent of my sins and I want to walk with you in Jesus name Amen and amen. If you prayed that prayer, you can click on our website and you can let somebody know. If you want prayer, if you're here today and you want that. Hallelujah. Father, we thank you in Jesus' name for your many blessings. Amen and amen. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. Now, I want everybody here to stay put. Because the worship team is going to come up. We're going to sing one of the songs again. And I want everybody that we...